Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, hikers? This is Andy Neal, thanking you for taking the time to listen to the podcast that gets to the story behind the trekking poles that tries to demystify hiking, knowing that you can do it, whether it's day hiking, through hiking, section hiking, whatever it is. That's right. This is the Hiker Podcast. I just want to thank you all for listening. My gosh, I am blown away at the response this podcast has been getting. I've been blown away at the new followers, about the kind words, emails, messages. It's been spectacular. I do want to take a moment and thank a few people who have taken the time to promote this podcast. Um, a lot of our guests, the Oregon Department of Forestry, um, promoting the Hiker Podcast. Thank you so much. We have um, Elena Osborne, all the way in New Zealand, promoting the Hiker Podcast. Thank you so much. We have our friend Einstein in Flagstaff, Arizona, who was on the show a few weeks ago, promoting the Hiker Podcast. And of course, we had we had Jessica Dixie Mills, who was on last week's show letting her followers know about the hiker podcast and it's just been so cool to watch this show grow and to see your guys's just you know reaction to the show whether you are a triple crown through hiker who you know your life is hiking or you're just wanting to kind of get off the couch and you know get on a trail go on a day hike um we want to demystify hiking and uh there's a review that actually talks about that today i was so excited to see um, the Apple podcast reviews. If you want to leave an Apple podcast review, it helps out the show so much. It's huge. Um, Apple podcast is still the king of podcasts. And so the number one way you can help us out is by leaving a review, um, and leaving a five-star written review, like leaving a few words, it helps us out. So this review is from, uh, Hamlin is the name is the username there. It says new hikers. The learning curve is manageable. I'm a new backpacker and you can watch thousands of gear videos but it's harder to find someone talking about the mental battles and the why of backpacking. This show does just that. It's helpful and easy to listen to. I look forward to future episodes. Thank you so much, Hamlin, for the wonderful review. And I want to hear what you all think of the Hiker Podcast. You can email me directly, andy at hikerpodcast.com. For all of our links, you can go to hikerpodcast.com or thehikerpodcast.com. Both URLs will work. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Anchor, we're, we're everywhere. We're working on a few other places to put the podcast so everyone can listen to it, but I'm just so blown away by all of you and just uh, what you have you made this show become in five, six short weeks. And so thank you so much. We have our first big corporate sponsor um, coming on the show here, um, a, a product and a company that if you are if you are in the hiker world for the last few months, even, you know this company and what they provide to the hiking community and maybe what they do around the world. I'm so excited to be announcing in the next few weeks who I'm working with. Uh, just a little teaser there. I don't want to say yet, but you know, it's just as someone who's been podcasting for seven, eight years to this early have already corporate sponsors coming on. Um, it is, you know, mind boggling. And just so you all know, 
when I bring a, uh, a sponsor onto the show and talk about their product and what they do, it's not going to be some, it's not going to be a money grab. It's going to be a product I believe in, a company I believe in, and that I use. And I believe that this company is also doing good besides just making money. They're making the world a better place by what they're doing in their business practices and so on and so forth. So that's coming up really, really, really soon. Um, but this week on the Hiker Podcast, uh, I had the wonderful chance to connect with a, a, a listener who um, is local here in Southern Oregon. And I, I just, I, I was blown away by her story. Uh, PCT Hiker, close call. Um, who resides here in Southern Oregon. Close Call has a magnificent story about uh, what it means to be a hiker. And um, we've connected online, and her and her husband last year in 2019 set out to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. And uh, they learned a lot. And I was just so intrigued by the story, and I was so happy to have her on. Um, and I think I want to share it with you because I think so often we, we get into the hiking, you know, online community and we see the Darwins, who is great. And obviously the Dixie, who is great. And the Elena, who's amazing and is a great creator. And we're just like, oh my gosh, you know, what about me? And just to, to talk with, with Close Call and her experience and now what she's doing and what the trail has encouraged her to do um, for her future and her future plans. Um, that's what this show is about to demystify hiking, get to know the hikers behind the trekking poles. Um, me, Andy, as a new hiker, learning what that, that means, learning what hiking is, uh, to mentally prepare ourselves for that, and also to tell stories of how hiking in the trail has changed us so we can go and change the world. And uh, Close Call does that, and she was an amazing conversation to have. I do need to warn you. So sometimes things happen, and um, I had this call scheduled, and I had to go to my office real quick. And I didn't have a microphone. And so this actually, my audio on this particular conversation is completely recorded from my laptop. So it doesn't rise to the normal quality that it does have. But I was able to, to tinker with it a little bit and make it sound you know decent. But it's not that normal high quality I like to do. And you know what? In the hiking world, sometimes that's just going to happen. Sometimes you're out in the middle of nowhere and... You, you want to get an interview and it might just be recorded on your iPhone. And you know what? That's totally okay. Um, it's not about, you know, having the best quality sound, even though I'm big on that. I mean, right now I'm recording this intro on this huge board and a mixer and a very expensive microphone. Um, but ultimately it's about telling good stories about hikers, telling the story of the hikers behind the trekking poles and how hiking has changed them and how in turn the trail has changed them to change the world around them. So with that, everyone, I want to take this moment uh, before, real quick, actually, we get to close call. We're going to have a quick word from our podcast host, Anchor. Anchor is a great way if you want to create your own podcast. Um, it's super user-friendly, and it's, it's a product I've been using. As someone who helps people make podcasts um, for my day job, it's what I encourage them to use. And uh, I wouldn't push that out to you guys if... Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good company and i would encourage you all to check it out if you're wanting to start your own podcast but we're gonna have a quick word from our podcast host anchor and then without any further ado uh we're gonna have a conversation with jennifer close call mcdaniel
Hey there, hikers. It is Andy, and I am super excited to have a local Southern Oregonian a hiker and through hiker on the show for the first time. You get to listen to another Southern Oregonian besides me. Uh, we have Jennifer Close Call McDaniel on the show. How are you doing today, Jennifer? I'm great. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much for coming on. I think we connected just from the local online community. We haven't actually met because COVID's been going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so everyone's kind of keep their distance. But uh, just through Instagram and, you know, the things that hikers do, we, we post a lot. And we connected that way. And you, you know, start following the show. It's been super, uh, super excited to see you support the show by getting stickers and stuff like that. So thank you so much for coming on. But you are a hiker. You, you're doing, uh, I just saw on your Instagram, you're doing uh, trail maintenance now. Yeah. And you're, <laughs> you're, you uh, hiked the PCT last year. But before we get on into all that, just introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do, where you're from, anything you think is pertinent. Okay. Um, well, my name is Jennifer. My trail name's Close Call. Um, I was born and raised on the Oregon coast in North Bend. And I moved to Southern Oregon to go to school about, um, <laughs> I guess it's been 19 years. But um, yeah, so I've been in Southern Oregon for quite a long time. And um, I have my own um, hand-dyed yarn and wool business that I do. So that kind of, because I'm self-employed, gives me time to pursue hiking and um, go out and have little adventures whenever I can free up the time to do so. Um, yeah, so I've been hiking pretty much all my life. I, um, growing up on the Oregon coast, we didn't have a lot of big city amenities. So you kind of, you know, found your own source of entertainment by going out into nature a lot. So mm -hmm. my family, we didn't have a ton of money to take vacations or, you know, go anywhere extravagant, I guess you'd call it. But so we did a lot of camping. We did a lot of going to the beach and hiking and, um, yeah, just spending time outdoors. So that's kind of how I got exposed to it. And then I was also in Girl Scouts. I was a very active Girl Scout. All of my, pretty much, I started in elementary school and that went through into high school. Yeah. So, so growing up in the Oregon coast, I, I lived in Brookings for, I lived in Brookings for a year in Crescent City. Oh, cool. California for two. Yeah. Um, it is a different culture. And that's when I wasn't into hiking. I was a city boy living there. And I know yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> extremely hard what was the yeah the, the hiking like there being there I mean, there really is nothing else to do but <laughs> be out in nature i mean north bend coos bay all those areas it's, you have to kind of either that or drive to eugene find your own entertainment there or drive to eugene so exactly yeah what, what, what is it like there to constantly have you know nature and the outdoors around you from you know the forest to the ocean yeah you know i think growing up i don't really think i appreciated it like i do now as an adult um it was you know of course in high school you're bored you're a bored kid and you don't have a mm -hmm. lot going on i know a lot of kids would get into trouble by going out and having parties in on the dunes and stuff like yeah. that <laughs> You know, that really wasn't my jam. I was a pretty quiet kid and I kind of stuck to myself. I had a few close friends that liked to go out, but, um, and by go out, I mean, go to the beach, yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not party, go out. Um, yeah, it's, it was just a, it's a different culture for sure. It's very much a create your own entertainment. And because there is such a huge amount of natural beauty there and a, a lot of places to go outdoors, um, I think you just naturally get kind of drawn into that. Yeah. So very cool. So you, you grew up in an area where, you know, 
the outdoors is it, it is just a natural thing. Everybody on the weekends they're going camping, they're they're going fishing, they're even going hunting. It's just kind of, it's just kind of thing you do when you yeah. live on the Oregon coast. I think it's just part of the culture. Ex- exactly. Yeah. yeah definitely just a part of, of what there is to do there. Mm-hmm, exactly. uh, that's why people love it there. Yeah. Um, for me, I, and that's one thing for me, I, now that I'm into the outdoors, into the hiking, I'm like, man, as much as I didn't enjoy living in Brookings, cause I didn't, cause I had to drive to Medford for mm-hmm. a doctor's appointment and other things. Right. Yeah. I wish I would have taken more advantage of all the stuff that's there. Now I'm, constantly driving over to the redwood forest like man i i live yeah. five minutes from this five minutes i lived away from this yeah i could have enjoyed it absolutely um, so with that you you come to medford at what point did you get into hiking and the hiking culture and hiking community um well i remember when i moved to medford i was it was a little bit of I don't want to say culture shock, but it was in the sense that the environment was so different from what I was used to on the coast. Suddenly I was hemmed in by mountains. You didn't have the vast body of water that the ocean provides. Um, the environment, like going out into the forest is very different. You know, you got the coast range on the coast and here it's much more arid. You've got things here that can, you know, sting and bite you, (laughs) which you don't have on the coast. (laughs) So suddenly, you know, I was dodging rattlesnakes and worrying about bears. (laughs) But um, yeah, you know, it took me a little while to kind of get my footing here and get outdoors. I remember doing a lot of day hikes or driving up to Crater Lake. And Mm -hmm. I would say it took me a little while to get comfortable with being in a drier environment in the mountains. And um, but yeah, I, I've learned to love it. I love it now. I love getting up on top of peaks and looking out at the landscape and, you know, it just provides, there's a ton of hiking and backpacking and outdoor rec opportunities here. What, what would you say in, in Southern Oregon is your favorite hike? <laughs> oh, then Table Rock doesn't count. No. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's actually really tough. I, you know, I don't know. I'm starting to really discover the Siskiyou mountain range and the Red Buttes, which mm-hmm. overlaps between California and Oregon. So you kind of get that, get a little bit of an overlap there, but I've spent a quite a bit of time there this summer and I'm really starting to appreciate and love that area. And the PCT does run through, well, it kind of skirts the Red Buttes, but um, yeah. you get a little taste of that when you do the PCT. Yeah. So, yeah. but it's a very unique, it's kind of like the Calmiopsis in the uniqueness of the environment. Yeah. yeah it's so it's such cool. a, that's one thing I love about the PCT and, and this, this area is such a diverse environment where the Siskiyous and the Cascades, they meet and you have the Red Bluffs. It's such just, you, you have everything. One thing, reason why I want to stay in Southern Oregon is you have everything outdoorsy that you would want within two or three hours. Mm-hmm. You have the coast range, you have the Cascades, the Siskiyous, you have the national parks. We live within driving distance of you know three or four national parks and all the national monuments. Yeah. But yeah. being being in this area, you 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 grew up with the outdoors. You, mm-hmm. you got into day hiking, and then you decide I want to hike two thousand six hundred and fifty <laughs> miles. Spend four to six months of my life being you know a stinky hiker. What did, <laughs> what what did that process look like because you're not i mean like me i'm in i'm in my late 30s you're not you're not in the typical like i'm just finished college i'm gonna go try to find myself and figure out who i am and and hike the pct or hike hike the at you you have a career you have a business Mm -hmm. and you just decide i'm gonna abandon that and go hike for four to six months what did that decision process look like or what led up to that it was a very long evolution to get to the point where i actually hiked the pct um i remember 
reading about long distance trails, I think I've read Bill Bryson's um, A Walk in the Woods. And I mm-hmm. was like, oh, what is this about? You know, it's like this. There's such a thing as long distance trails. And I was like, this is really cool. So, of course, I'm like, I wonder if we have anything like that on the West Coast. That's when I discovered the PCT. But that was probably like early 2000s. And so when I moved down here, well, Southern Oregon, I remember going over to um, a a bank event. I worked in a bank at the time. We we did a thing up at Lake of the Woods and the PCT is up there crosses the road. And I remember seeing the sign for it. And I, you know, like, I don't know, it was just something instantaneously drawn to it. I was like pulling the car over. I remember doing a quarter mile on it. And I was like, this is amazing. I've got to do this. (laughs) And that would have been like early 2000s. So um, it was just always something that was kind of like on the back burner for probably... Gosh, well, up until 2017, when we finally, um, my husband and I pulled the plug and decided to take up backpacking because we hadn't actually been backpackers. We had done a lot of car camping and day hiking and that sort of thing. And we said, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time. Let's just do it. Do take up backpacking. And um, so probably within that first year of backpacking, my husband suddenly was like, oh, we need to do the PCT. And so once I had him on board, (laughs) yeah. So once I got my husband on board, you know, and it's not something I, it's something I could have done on my own, but there was something about, like you said, the way we're more established in our home and our lives and that it was kind of like, I kind of felt like I didn't want to just take off without, Mm -hmm. you know, either him being okay with it or, um, him wanting to come along. And it turned out he wanted to come along. So (laughs) we both kind of got really excited and we started planning um, to hike the trail. And I think, you know, we kind of put all that together within a year of making the decision. So it it escalated rather quickly, actually, once we took up backpacking. (laughs) I I, I love that because my my wife's not, my wife is not a hiker, but my, my son is. And we've decided that, you know, in a few years, a few years, my son's older, my son's completely obsessed with the PCT. Some kids have posters of basketball players. My son has a map of the PCT on his wall. That's um, awesome. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to take him and we're going to do a supported through hike where oh. we're going to buy a, a van or an RV and my daughter and, and wife are going to follow us along and support us oh, that fun. way. Um, we'll still camp at like every, you know, three, 400 miles. They'll be yeah. there to help resupply and stuff. Yeah. But it, it's so, it's so out of the norm. What were people saying when, when you and your husband were like, we're going to go do this. We're going to leave our lives and, <laughs> you know, and then, and, and do this thing. Um, most people were on board with it. It was when we went and we started saying, well, we're going to sell our house and get rid of half of our stuff that people were like, you're doing, you're doing what? <laughs> so that's when people started kind of raising eyebrows. But, you know, I think we don't have kids. So they were kind of like, well, whatever makes you guys happy, you know, go out, you know, live your life. In fact, most people were seemed genuinely excited for us. And I think it was kind of like, Oh, I think they wanted to also do something like that. I don't know that they wanted to specifically hike the trail, but you know, the grand adventure of, of the journey is, was inspiring to other people. Absolutely. So what led up, what, what, what did the time leading up to getting on trail, you know, getting to camp, what did that look like? Um, so getting ready to get on trail or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, last few weeks before. 
<laughs> that was a little bit of organized chaos because we had sold our house and we stayed within we stayed in our house for an additional month up to it but it was pretty much packing up a household as well as prepping for a through hike like you know doing all the resupply boxes and um, getting everything sent <laughs> out ahead of time and so it was it was a little bit of organized chaos we had um, spent quite a bit of time researching gear um, all of that. So we had a lot of our gear already kind of put together. So we weren't too worried about that. And we had done some test runs with it. So we were feeling pretty confident that, you know, we were in a good place. But yeah, we actually stayed with Kevin's parents for about a week right before we got on trail because we had nowhere else to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be such a strange feeling because you, you, you've sold, I mean, pretty much everything, your house you've owned yeah. and you're just now you're nomads yeah and you're, you're i love this the non-traditional way of doing it as a as a as a married couple that's just so yeah not what people do right now and it's, <laughs> it's not not the stories you're hearing in the free hiking community it's <laughs> usually the the mid 20 somethings finishing college don't know what to do with my life i'm gonna go hike right you know, two thousand miles yeah um how, how did that dynamic work between you and your husband getting on trail like how, what was the did that strength in your relationship was there testing times i'm sure there was i know for any relationship there would be but what did that dynamic look like um you know we've always done a lot of stuff together we kind of understand how each other works and so being on trail didn't feel a whole lot different than you know any other activity we've done together um we're very much a team we kind of you know work things out if somebody is having a bad day you give them space or you know you've voice, whatever emotion you're having. But, um, yeah, we had actually, when we got on trail, we had a few people be like, Oh, couples always break up. They always divorce. You guys are in for a rough ride. And we're like, well, we'll be okay. <laughs> but yeah, we had a little bit of that when we first got on trail, but you know, really we didn't have any, I was going to say we both had bad days on trail, but we never had like fights, fights. We could tell when one person was kind of like having a bad day and they needed some space, but for the most part, yeah, we were pretty in sync and and had a good time. Very cool. Yeah. So you're you're on trail, you're going, you're, you're you begin the hike. What at, at what point were you like I am in love with this or this is something I am passionate about? Was there a, a moment while you were on trail that you're like this is this this was the right decision? Um <laughs> I don't you know, the funny thing about that is I didn't feel like a through hiker, especially for quite a few miles. Well, I would say it was several hundred miles into the trail. I remember specifically being on trail and feeling like, when do we feel like hikers? Because this feels like we're just a bunch of fakers out here. <laughs> so um, I think it was pretty much, I think it was after we were off trail that I started really feeling like, wow, that's cool that I did what I did was really cool. And I, I feel really comfortable now as a hiker. I feel really comfortable you know, being outdoors and, and I feel self-reliant. I feel like this is my, and I felt like they were my community. Like the people I'd met on trail was my community. So it made an, um, a real solid connection with the hiker community. And so you feel like you find your, you found your tribe basically. Did you have a, a tramley or a group you were hiking with or you, that you ended up finding? Yeah, we did. We had um, a group of about five of us at one point, and then we kind of split up. And then um, we hiked on and off with another girl. So we had, it was very fluid. We kind of spent time with a, a sizable group and then 
they kind of did their own thing and then we hiked with somebody else. So yeah, we, we had a tramway for a little while, but it wasn't like a solid, I would say we only probably did about four or 500 miles with them. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're hiking and we, we had talked beforehand and you had to unexpectedly get off trail. Would you, would you like to share a little bit of what happened there? You get, you're hiking and then you have to get off. You have to make the decision to get off of trail. What, what, what happened there? Um, yeah, about the time we hit Syed Valley, um, we were hiking up the hill out of Syed Valley that day. We got a phone call from, surprisingly, we had cell phone reception, but we got a phone call from uh, Kevin's mom. That's my husband's name. And um, it was um, news that my father-in-law had passed in a car accident. So we came back down into Side Valley and it was probably about seven or eight at night at that point, but we were able to get a ride into Medford and then uh, go up to their place in the Willamette Valley. And so that took us off trail for about two weeks um, while we dealt with, you know, funeral arrangements and coming to terms with everything. And um, it was really hard. It took us out of the zone. It got us kind of off of the rhythm we were in because by that time we had done you know, I don't know. I don't know how many miles we've done, but we've done, you know, a good chunk of the trail. So we were kind of in the zone because that was mid-July. And um, yeah, so while we were in the Willamette Valley, we weren't even sure if we were going to come back to the trail. But Kevin's mom, you know, she convinced us to go back. And so two weeks later, she dropped us back off in Syed Valley. But it was... um, It was a challenge. It was emotional. The rest of the trail was... um, a lot more emotional than um, the previous. It wasn't as enjoyable in the sense that we didn't feel as lighthearted. We didn't feel as um, engaged. And, and it did get better as we hiked, but it um, definitely changed the tone of our hike. We were hiking in Mike's honor. That was um, Kevin's dad's name. And um, so that motivated us to continue. And um but yeah, it definitely set us behind. I think it's one of the big reasons we ran out of time essentially to finish the trail, which was kind of a double bummer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So that was unexpected, but it was one of the three things we said would take us off trail, you know, death in the family or one of us had an injury or I'm trying to think what the third one was, pretty much running out of money or something to that effect, but yeah. So Tragedy strikes. You're on the you're on the trail. You're inside Valley, um, and you, you you make the decision to get back on trail. And you said the the trail was different after that. Was there anything about being on the trail that you found perhaps through that grieving process therapeutic, or just you you were you were happy that not happy that's the wrong word, but you you were appreciative of being on trail to help to help you through this. Um, yes, I think it was helpful at that point to have a purpose, to have a focus, something that we, cause at that point we were like, we wanted to finish as much of the trail as possible. If we could finish the whole thing, we would have been super ecstatic, but we kind of had a realistic goal of just getting to the Canadian border. Um, so I think having something to focus on like that, it didn't alleviate the grief, but it gave us somewhere to focus. And, you know, each of us was dealing with it differently. I would break down and cry on trail. Kevin would be, 
you know, just really quiet. So it, it changed us a little bit in that the way we interacted with, uh, with each other a little bit. So, um, but it was nice to have the space too. you know, when you're out in nature, it's like you can set up your tent at the end of the night and each of us could go and be with our thoughts and process, you know, what had happened. So having that space was nice, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't numb yourself with, you know, entertainment or other things. You're, you're there, you, you have, you're alone with your thoughts and you have to kind of th- yeah. to deal with it, which is something that's great and terrifying to me about the trail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, I, but I, I'm kind of the kind of person who's comfortable with my own presence and silence. So I don't really find that. I think that that discomfort is dependent upon the person, you know, I think some people probably find that more uncomfortable depending on how they are in their everyday life. So, and and that brings up something I've heard from every through hiker I've talked to is being comfortable with your discomfort. Mm. Did you th- through this process, did, was there a learning to be comfortable with discomfort? Um, I, yes, I, I, don't know if it was so much, a, I mean, it was a learning in the sense that it was forced upon you and you didn't have really much of a choice, but quitting. And when you accept that that's not an option, <laughs> you, you make adjustments. You, you realize that, okay, we're in Washington and it's been raining for almost two weeks and we're miserable, except for when we're sleeping bags, drinking hot chocolate, <laughs> you know, you learn to just kind of, I don't know, suck it up and well, like Darwin says, embrace the suck or you just, you just make do. And that does change your mindset. You realize that a lot of times the only thing on trail you can control is your attitude and the amount of work you're willing to put in. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So there is, this is getting better in, in hiking and through hiking culture, this kind of macho culture where you don't get off trail for nothing you you finish what you start and you 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 look down upon for not finishing that is that is changing when you you can't we have to get off the trail for two weeks and because things that happened outside of your control or you can't complete the through hike like you wanted to um how how do you come to grips with that being okay and to hike your own hike and you don't have to have your hike and your journey look like other people's you know, hike, even though, you know, if you look a lot of times online or in the Facebook groups, it's like, you got to do it. You got to push through no matter what. Yeah. Um, how, how do you come to terms with that? That has definitely been a process. And I still have days where I feel, I feel grief for not having finished the trail. Um, it's, it's still something that every once in a while pops up for me that it's like, Oh, my, my hike didn't look like, you know, the traditional through hike. But I kind of knew that was going to be the case because we flipped. We didn't, we chose not to do the Sierra. We hit the Sierra at kind of a rough time. Mm-hmm. And so we, for safety's sake, decided not to push through at that time. Um, so we flipped up to Northern California and hiked north. Um, so I already knew our hike wasn't going to look like the traditional hike. And so because of the conditions in 2019, there was a lot of people flipping and mm-hmm. there was a lot of non-traditional looking hiking going on. There was a fair bit of, and I don't want to say that everybody was this way, but there was, you did get a lot of, especially online, you heard a lot of people saying, oh, well, you're not a through hiker anymore because you're not doing it literally as a through hike. Um, so there was some shaming that went on um, 
online, I remember being like, okay, I'm not getting on Facebook anymore because I can't let that mess with me mentally, Mm -hmm. you know, or people would write in the logs, they would say, um, they would write true Nobo and like they had gone through Uh. this year. So it was like, that kind of stuff is like, it's really the only black mark on the hiking community is that kind of, and I think I don't know if they're feeling confident and happy about the, the fact that they did it, but if, if there is a shaming element to that sort of behavior. And um, some of that's, you know, how I internalize it. I don't have to see it that way, but it, there does, it does feel like to some extent there is a little bit of that. If you don't have the perfect looking hike, then you're not a true through hiker or whatever. But um I, I'm full on hike your own hike, make it look like whatever you want. As long as you finish the trail <laughs> in one year, you've through hiked the trail. So, Which is so funny to me because the before YouTube, what made the PCT so popular was Cheryl Strand's book in the movie Wild. Mm-hmm. And she didn't even... <laughs> She didn't even start in Campo yeah. and she got to the Bridge of the Gods and she skipped the Sierras. And that's what, and, and it, no one would ever dare call Cheryl Strand a strayed, not a through hiker. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like she did a thousand miles and that was her hike. And her hike looked different than your hike. And just, yeah. I, I never understood. I never understood that at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Well, there's a lot of like wild hate on the trail, too. A lot of people are on there because they love the book and they love the movie. And then there's a bunch of people that also are like, ah, this is causing, you know, people to get on the trail that don't have any business being on trail. And I met people who were on trail because they had read the book or watched the movie and their spirit was there and they were just the happiest people to be on trail. So, you know, whatever floats your boat and makes you happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you, you, you get home, you're, you're, you're done with the hike. And I almost feel like I shouldn't even ask if it happened because I, I think for every through hiker, this happens. There's the post trail depression. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you and your husband? Um, well, for my husband, I honestly didn't really see much of a change because he went pretty much straight back to work. And I did too, but I work for myself. So there requires a certain level of motivation and self-discipline to stay on track. And I noticed for myself personally that I had a lot of trouble staying focused and not wanting to be on trail, not wanting to um, get back out because I was having a lot of trouble with being back in town, in civilization, I had a hard time going to the stores. The lights were too bright. Um, I couldn't handle a lot of noise. I didn't like the smells. <laughs> it was just a really strange and, and very surreal experience. But yeah, I had a lot of, um, I read an article and somebody described it as grief. And I think that's, for me, a more accurate description. It wasn't so much a depression, but it was a grief for the loss of the trail community, the loss of the experience, the loss of that lifestyle that you have on trail. It's just such a, it's just such an amazing experience. And when you suddenly are disconnected from that, I think you grieve it. So for me, that's how it manifested. So shifting a little bit from through hiking, just to, to hiking in general, mm-hmm. overall, just being a hiker, how has that changed you personally? Um, I would say that hiking is one of those things for me that can mean different things on different days. So if I need to, 
I, if I need to get out and decompress, then I've got the trail. If I need to go challenge myself, I can pick a trail that challenges myself. So for me, the trail has provided different things. Sometimes it's, it gives me peace that I need. Sometimes it allows me to build my confidence and allows me to do something that's like challenging and outside my comfort zone. So the trail, yeah, it, it means different things at different times and provides different things at different times. So the trail is, is always there and that's, that's the beauty, the beauty of hiking and yeah. what, what makes it so just something that you, you can never just, once you catch the bug, mm-hmm. you can never really get rid of it. <laughs> how, how has, how, how has becoming a, becoming a through hiker and then hiking your day hikes, how has that inspired you in the rest of your life, other aspects of your life and work and relationships? Hmm. Well, one thing that's are I'm already noticing is I want to shift into a career that gets me outdoors. Um, I'm in the process of kind of researching um, options, and and um, that was part of the trail maintenance yesterday. I was with um, someone from the Forest Service and someone from the BLM, so I was able to kind of pick some brains and find out, you know, maybe what might be a good career path or field to go into, um, but. On a more emotional or like spiritual level, I'd say the trail has made me a lot calmer. And so I I find myself going with the flow more and letting things um, just kind of happen. You know, I don't get as worked up if I, <laughs> I don't know, I, I kind of veered off topic there I, or at least changed course mid question. But um, yeah, the, the trail affects so much of my life. And I don't always, I'm not always aware of how it's affecting me because it's been such a journey and such a, um, some of it's subtle, some of it's more dramatic, but I see myself going into a career where I can work outdoors in order to enjoy more of the benefits of what I'm, I've been getting as a hiker. Which I, it was amazing. I saw that on, on your social media that you were looking to, to get into that career and possibly go back to school. Yeah. Um, I think that, that for me, I, I've, I've experienced much of the same thing. Having knew I, I changed careers to go to film school at Southern Oregon University, and then coming out of that, still feeling lost, yeah. and then that summer finding hiking, which for me, you know, before that, weighing you know close to four hundred pounds and just completely unhealthy, and then finding this thing and just letting it transform me, wow, was just just it's been completely you know freeing, and you know wanting to get into documentary filmmaking with the outdoors. Um, where do you see yourself? Now that you've you've really kind of embraced this, this lifestyle of being a hiker, where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Um, that <laughs> that has always been one of the hardest ch- uh, questions for me. I have a lot of interests and a, and they change fairly frequently, so that would be kind of hard for me to pinpoint or pin down. But I would like to see myself doing something where I'm working outdoors. Um, conservation or education would be amazing. Um, I would love to have enough time to do more through hikes, some long trails. Um, so I would like to see, I would love to have the flexibility to do, um, like I said, some more long trails and, but also be active in conservation and education where I could give back basically, you know, cause that was kind of like with the trail maintenance yesterday. It's my way of finding ways to give back to what I've benefited from by hiking.
Now, and this I know it's going to be different for different people. Just on a quick side note, for people who want to get involved with trail maintenance, what especially in the PCT, what, where where would they go? Um, the PCTA, uh, their website is really helpful. They have a whole section for volunteer work, and that's I actually. Um, you actually have to contact them first before you can join any of the volunteer groups out of the different regions. So um, down here in Southern Oregon, we have a a local group called Southern Oregon Rockers. And Mm -hmm. um, I had actually signed on to do trail maintenance with them back in, well, the first time we were supposed to go do maintenance was in May. But as you know, that all kind of fell through (laughs) with COVID. So, yeah. So, um, but yeah, they are a very active group down here. And a lot of the regions have someone who is in charge of that section of the PCT. And the PCTA is really good at kind of getting you connected with whoever the local group in your area is. And it's so important to realize how much the trail depends on the trail maintenance. I know... Just you know, hiking sec, you know, small, you know, seven, eight mile sections here in the PCT last year compared to this year, because the maintenance hasn't been able to be kept up because of COVID. You really notice it. You're like, oh wow, this is <laughs> all these blowouts. Wow, like this, they're really doing a lot of work. Yeah. And this trail would not exist if people like you weren't taking the time and volunteering and getting out there with, you know, a right. pickaxe or a chainsaw and clearing this stuff out and making, yeah. you know, giving back to what the trail has already given them. So yeah, it's just absolutely amazing yeah, and that I got my. That taste of it yesterday i i i was only brushing i wasn't clearing logs or anything like that the trail we were doing was pretty much just brush it was huckleberries and whatnot and this wasn't the pct but this was um this was more of a backwoods wilderness trail but it's i mean kudos to the people that do trail maintenance because that is hard work i am super sore today (laughs) and i was hot and sweaty and (laughs) it's really gratifying but it's it's hard and and i have a whole new appreciation for the people that go out and do that and thank goodness for them because they give us our trails you know yeah yeah so kind of winding down here there's somebody who's listening they're they're on the couch and they're they're wherever and they're thinking about you know what i want to start hiking whether it's day hikes backpacking through hikes what is besides the practical stuff like you know go watch darwin go watch dixie go watch you know that sort of thing get the gear go to rei what is a piece of advice you give to someone who's thinking about getting on the trail and, and taking up hiking okay um well i think kind of going back to what we were talking about with um the on the pct i think you need to be you need to not worry about how you look. I, you know, you don't need to worry about how a hike looks. You don't need to worry about, even if, if you're going out and you're hiking, you're, you know, you're, you're hiking, you're, it doesn't have to look a certain way. You don't need to get kitted out at REI and wear, you know, all of the brand names and have the pack and the whole nine yards. Um, I think when we were kids growing up on the coast, we were, we were hikers, we were out hiking and we were wearing jeans and flannel shirts and whatever our street clothes were, you know, as long as you're safe, you're not, you know, putting yourself in danger doing it. But I I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't want to say pressure, but there's a lot of, um, um, well, maybe pressure is the right word. There's a lot of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pressure to look a certain way when you're a hiker or, if you're getting into hiking, you know, sometimes it's all about the gram or whatever. <laughs> and I know that's a, that's a thing, but I, I think some people think it has to be a certain way. And, and that's not true. You know, you find yourself a, a trail nearby and, and just go out for a walk. Don't, 
expect anything from it other than just to be out and experience, you know, nature and appreciate it. And that's all it takes. I know for me, it started with Lithia Park and then went to a small two mile hike in the PCT. I didn't even know it was the PC10, PCT then, Tobar Bluff. And then I was oh, hooked. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's grand to think, you know, to dream about doing a long trail and stuff like that. But sometimes that takes time. I mean, it took me what I was, I did it in 19 and I first learned about the trail in the early 2000s. So, I mean, don't bite off more than you can chew. Start small and, and go out and have fun. See if it's your thing. And that's the thing I I always try to express to people like they're saying, oh, you know, I go out and do, you want to go, go do it now. And I'm like, I have a family. I I, I can't, I can't. I have to plan this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's true. <laughs> if, I, if I was 22, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd go back back through Europe again. But, yeah, but, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, some of us meantime, require a little bit more planning. <laughs> in the meantime, enjoy what's around you. Enjoy a few nights on, on the trail. You know, do do what you can do. Yeah, um, Jennifer, that- thank you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and I think with um, COVID, that's been, you know, actually one of the blessings of COVID is we've been able to explore our areas more because at least I have, I don't know about everybody else, but (laughs) I find myself staying closer to home and exploring what I have in my backyard rather than, you know, dreaming of hikes that are seven, eight miles away or or seven or eight miles away, seven or eight hours away of driving. So yeah, explore your backyard. Most places have some sort of hiking, whether you're in the desert or you're on the coast or you know in a forest. There's hiking in so many different places, and it, it looks different. But it's 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 a, there's a great you know the wilderness must be explored, as they say on up. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so where where can people find you if they want to follow you on on the gram or social media? <laughs> That's pretty much where I'm at is Instagram, and I am at Dirty Skirt. And, um, that's pretty much where I post all my adventures. Um, yeah. So follow along. I'll follow back if you, um, (laughs) you know, want to be friends and we can, we can chat hiking. Now, one quick thing before we go, I want, I want to hear the story of your trail name. (laughs) My trail name. Um, so I don't know if you've heard when Dixie would say, through hikers always poop their pants, right? <laughs> That's uh, like a, I have heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, so I had heard that too before I started through hiking, and I was a little bit horrified that that might happen. So we were um, coming down the hill into where Casa de Luna is. It's Green Valley, California, and mm-hmm. the brush is very thick through there. And all of a sudden, I had to use the restroom, and there was nowhere to go. So <laughs> I went booking down the trail, and I dove into the shrubs as best I could and and I thought I had but I hadn't so when I came out I I was like oh my god you guys thank you that was that was such a close call (laughs) and my Kevin and my one of my trail um family members was was laughing they said well that's your trail name because and then Kevin said well when you do poop your pants you're going to be blowout (laughs) so So I hate to say it, but my trail name actually should be Blowout. <laughs> it, it is true. You, I don't know about all through hikers, but at some point you will probably have an incident. <laughs> it's terrible. It falls into the classic through hiker thing, though, where we do like to talk about poop and bathroom stuff and food. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's appropriate that I got the trail name because I did say I didn't want a dignified trail name. So <laughs> I got the one I asked for. <laughs> oh. 
Well, close call. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on and, and being a part of the Hiker Podcast. And thank uh, you. Yeah. We'll make sure you uh, follow Close Call on Instagram. <laughs> thank you, Andy. Thank you so much, Close Call, for coming on to the show and taking the time to talk to me. And thank you, listeners, for listening to that episode and uh, also being patient with my audio on that. I know it wasn't bad necessarily, but it didn't live up to my normal high quality. And you know what? I want to I want to be able to say that'll never happen again. But you know what? Knowing that this is a hiking podcast and we're going to be doing stuff in the outdoors and you know what? There's going to be times where maybe the audio quality isn't the best, but we're telling amazing stories about hiking, about how hiking has changed people and how in turn the trail has encouraged people to change the world around them. And that's what we want to do here on the Hiker Podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on all the various social media networks. Make sure you follow Close Call on all the various social media networks on the gram, as she said. And uh, yeah, go to hikerpodcast.com for all of that, for show notes, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah, don't be afraid to uh, reach out to me. I'm looking at doing some other things, um, t-shirts, stickers. We have stickers. If you really want a sticker, I've been sending stickers to people for free. Um, I have them. I want people to know about the show. So, uh, yeah, just uh, hit me up in the DMs of Instagram or Instagram or Instagram. And uh, if I have some left I and some stamps left, I'll send you one for free. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being awesome to me as I've been going on my journey of learning about what it means to be a hiker, getting out in the outdoors. Um, you all have been so amazing to me as a community. Um, I really want to take you all on this trail with me, on this journey with me. And it's just been cool. It's been cool to uh, be a part of this community and have this community of outdoors people and, and hikers just embrace me. So thank you so, 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 so much. You have given me all, you've given me so much and more than I can ever give back. But I hope this podcast is my opportunity to give back to the outdoor and hiking community. Guys, go to the Hiker Podcast. So find all the places you can follow us, um, all the places to listen to us. Make sure you follow Close Call on the gram. And with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Hiker Podcast. Podcast.